Greetings, dear listeners, and welcome to Real Skiers with Jackson Hogan. Greetings, dear listeners, and welcome to Season 2. This is your host, Jackson Hogan, back to regale you with, well, everything there is to know about alpine skiing. This episode is an oral rendition of the first revelation of the 21-22 season, creatively titled, What's New for 21-22? I'm going to take you on a quick, model-specific tour of this year's new unisex ski models. Detailed coverage of the women's market will follow next week. This episode of Jackson Illuminates Everything About Skiing is brought to you unencumbered by commercial interruption by the exceptionally fine people at realskiers.com, where insiders go to stay current with the American ski market. If you're not already a realskiers.com member, you should be. And now, what's new for 21-22? On the whole, last season went much better than anyone expected, at least as events transpired in America. In the spring of 2020, during a window in the calendar when suppliers ought to be counting orders, they were instead inundated with cancellations. Forecasts fell like an Otis with cut cables, and as budgets shrank, so did rank-and-file personnel. There were a few cool heads that looked at how well the ski market was faring pre-pandemic and didn't slash their budgets to the bone, but it was hard to stick with any plan when uncertainty was the order of the day. Then winter, or some semblance thereof, appeared, and wherever skiers could go, they went. And they behaved. I have little doubt that occasionally the wrapped-up skier sitting at the other end of the six-passenger chair we shared thought mask mandates were at best a folly and undoubtedly an infringement on their freedom, but they too pulled their masks over their collective noses lest they lose access to precious uphill transportation. Meanwhile, new product developers whose progeny were near the end of the pipeline found creative ways to complete the mission. Despite strict travel restrictions in the Alps, R&D continued on secret snowfields into the evening, when it would be safer returning to a darkened town after curfew. If this sounds a bit obsessive, with a whiff of illegality, you should know that ski equipment designers and their cohort sweat the details with all the religious ardor of medieval monks calculating, one by one, the number of angels who could dance on the head of a pin. Obsession comes with the territory. But plucky escapades aside, R&D was nonetheless reined in, as the constraints placed on travel in Central Europe cratered winter tourism. Retailers were unable to turn their inventory, clogging the rack space that would normally clear sufficiently to make room for future deliveries. Panic dealers pressured suppliers to suppress any unnecessary changes that would obsolete their stock. So the ski world enters the new season with one foot perforce in the past, as the other strides towards the future. As what's past has had a year to leave a mark on your memory, we'll limit the scope of this preview to what's new for the 21-22 season. To give this overview a structure that mimics this upside-down year, we're presenting what's new from the brands we cover in reverse alphabetical order. This tour d'horizon of the season's nouveauté only covers the unisex field. Information regarding the 2022 women's models will be covered in brief yet somehow exhaustive detail in next week's revelation. So who are the new kids on the block for this season? Vocal has been busy improving the M5 mantra since the moment it was launched three years ago. 
three new technologies have been folded into the 2022 M6 mantra recipe. 3D radius side cut, tailored tetanal frame, and tailored carbon tips. The combination is insanely good at making high-performance skiing accessible. Note the buzzword tailored. It means components have been modified to match the length, baseline, and side cut of each size. This is the theme of 2022, dear listeners. Now more than ever, regardless of brand, each size is its own ski. In other words, it's not been modeled up or down from an initial prototype, as though it had been built from scratch. The significance of this development is that skiers at the edges of the size curve, the largest and the smallest of us, will have a much better experience on the right size and a much worse experience on the wrong size. In the core categories that concern the U.S. market, Stokely has, for the most part, stayed with a winning hand, confining its impulse to innovate to a new Stormrider. The Stormrider 102 steps into the stalwart shoes of the Stormrider 105. It will be interesting to see how Stokely zealots assess whether the new 102 is a step forward, backwards, or sideways. The success of Solomon's Stance series has led to a brilliant line extension in the Stance 84, one of the best $499 skis ever, and a reconception of the QST 99, which couldn't match the on-piste chops of the Stance 96 and was therefore laid to rest. In other words, there was competition internally within Solomon's own family, so one, one model went out and the other one got changed. And the new QST 98 is in no danger of competing with the Stance 96 anywhere except in powder, a condition for which Solomon, and all other brands, by the way, already have superior options. The skier whose performance expectations are most likely to be met by the QST-98 has been clearly identified by arch-rival Rosignol in its 2022 product story about its totally reimagined experience collection. The experience collection historically has been extremely important within the overall family of the Rosignol brand. In a subtle but significant shift in emphasis, Rosie has labeled the new sub-genre, quote, all resort in lieu of all mountain. Rossi persuasively postulates a resort skier for whom skiing is but one of the many diversions to be scheduled on the resort app and immortalized on Instagram. It's a development of sufficient import to merit a revelation of its own in the near future. Nordica has just homogenized its crazy good enforcer series last season, anticipating the trend to size-specific components, baseline, shape, and flex. What news there is at Nordica is in the ladies section, where a svelte Santa Ana 84 extends that collection down to this narrow width, and the women-specific Wild Bell DC, which stands for Dual Core 84, which also debuts this season. Liberty bids adieu to its underappreciated V-series, which are actually terrific hard snow skis, but people, I guess, imagine Liberty to be a soft snow brand, so it didn't succeed despite a terrific technology. Keeping this new technology, this three-rib vertical metal technology is the buzzword for it, it's keeping it alive by transferring it from the demised V-series over to a five-model Evolve family of all-mountain skis. This makes for an interesting blend of an all-terrain shape and a carving skis focus on snow connection. So keep an eye on Liberty, always an interesting brand to follow. 
Kessley is reintroducing Tetanol to its off-trail FX series, which isn't technically a miracle, but is nonetheless a godsend to off-piece skiers who remember the FX series of the last decade. It's a nice way of saying the most recent FX series has not been a huge success. Um, of equally divine provenance is the new ZX100, which jettisons Tetanol to hit a 749 price point without surrendering legendary Kessley stability on edge. Actually, the, the ZX series is, I think, of equal importance in terms of newsworthiness with the FX series. The FX series has a long history with Kessley, and as I say, this has been much improved this year, which would be a big relief to those adherents. But this new ZX series, keep an eye on it. It doesn't use metal so they can bring the price down a little bit, but boy, they sing on the snow. Over at K2, its latest flagship, the Disruption TI Squared. It's a technical ski with a 111, 71 waist, 96 shape that boasts it's laden with two times the amount of tetanol as the Disruption MTI that was introduced just last year. Now, it could be made from gold and some magical metal, and it wouldn't batter to the U.S. market, where technical skis enjoy the same popularity as leprosy. Riding even lower below American market radar are three online, quote, projects in K2's terminology, the Mindbender 100 TI USA, uh, the Mindbender 106 TI USA, and the Disruption TI Squared USA, all of which retail at very elevated pricing. Uh, for example, the Disruption TI Squared USA uh, is on available online and online only, as far as I know, for that's fine, I'll get a little chuckle out of the 30 cents. At any rate, let's moving on to Head, where their core series has elevated the Austrian brand's presence in the off-trail market segments from absent in the previous Head series to first rank. The whole core cast was treated to the same upgrades this past year, which consisted of using more wood in the core, Karuba and Poplar, in lieu of synthetic choroid. They slant the sidewall now so that chamfered or beveled, so it slices sinuously sideways through broken snow. And they've reduced their size split to just seven centimeters, which really helps an awful lot in terms of getting on the right ski. And they split that, that group of skis, since I think there's seven models of cores now, up so that you have a group that are optimized for hard snow, namely the 87 and the 93. And then you have another group that is optimized for soft snow and in the wider bodies. And there's even an all new core with the 111. And it's exquisite. It's going to make a lot of powder hounds happy. It's amazingly agile and, and yet very substantial. Fisher's latest carving series, the RC1 GT, is also exquisite in its hard snow domain ably filling the gap between Fisher's near-real-deal non-FIS race models and its off-trail Ranger series. It's the latter that's due for an overhaul, and we expect the influence of Mike Hattrop, recently nominated quite deservedly to the U.S. Ski and Snowboard Hall of Fame. We're behind you, Mike, all the way. Then Mike has been commissioned, I believe, to, well, to oversee all of the Fisher Alpine project, but for sure, his expertise in off-trail, where he has been a master for over 25 years, will help to bring Fisher right up to the front rank in this important category, at least in the North American market. In Dinastar, uh, they introduced the M-Line just last season, and I've been applying a size-specific methodology to all of the M-Line skis 
since last year, since they've been introduced. In other words, the new M-Free 99, the new addition to this series, skis differently in each of its three sizes because all design parameters have been calibrated by length as if each size were the only model in the series. Blizzard has enjoyed so much sustained success in the last decade that it's hard to imagine there's a cylinder that's been misfiring, but its magic touch hasn't extended to carving skis. Until now. The new Thunderbird R15WB for wide body is a new age carver with old guard values. It has a stranglehold on a carved turn that can't be disrupted by marble hard ice or blazing speed. Weirdly in the same genre as the Brahma 82, which is a returning ski, but now with a true blend core. As with all members of the true blend fraternity, baseline, side cut, and flex pattern are all size specific. And finally, Atomic made big moves in two big genres, improving its register race skis, not because they needed it, they rarely do, but because race-obsessed Atomic is always out to shave a tick off the clock. The other change will have more impact in the all-terrain-driven American market, where Atomic has chucked its Vantage models in favor of a four-model Maverick family. Atomic's talents at making a low-cost carbon ski are again on display, in the surprisingly spunky Maverick 86C. So that's what's new in the ski market. Well, what's new at Real Skiers? After a season in which I left my dear listeners without any data to gnaw on, I have restored test statistics to the members' view of each unisex recommended model. While I would not have done so, had I not seen the merit in showing test data, I still have reservations about how much weight ought to be given to statistically insignificant numerals. Allow me to share the following insight gleaned from the pages of The New Yorker. This is a review by a woman named Hannah Fry reviewing a book called The Data Detective by Tim Harford. And Ms. Fry writes, quote, Numbers are a poor substitute for the richness and color of the real world. It might seem odd that a professional mathematician like me, or economist like Harford, would work to convince you of this fact. But to recognize the limitations of a data-driven view of reality is not to downplay its might. It's possible for two things to be true. For numbers to come up short before the nuances of reality, while also being the most powerful instrument we have when it comes to understanding that reality. Thank you, Ms. Fry, for making my point so eloquently. Numbers are nice, but an informed narrative provides the best indicator of what you're buying. Real life is hard enough to capture in prose. Expecting numbers to delineate what words cannot is a reach even if the numbers had more merit. Real Skiers members will note that the reviews posted to the subscription site are usually substantially meatier than the scraps left in the public trough. While I devoutly wish it were not so, Men's skis and women's skis are not going to get equal treatment. There simply aren't enough women's scorecards and comments. Uh, insert primal scream here. But rather than leave my female followers high and dry, I've composed 49 reviews of made-for-women skis. An exceedingly long explanation of the entire subject of women's skis will be posted here next week. And now to the subject of shrinkage. In this case, the shrinkage of the number of categories real skiers is able to cover this year. In a normal year, if such a thing exists anymore, 
I would cover three categories that aren't represented at this year's opening bell, non-fis race, technical, and powder. All are of marginal interest to the mainstream American skier in the best of years and are therefore hard to cover even when the world isn't convulsed by viral contagion. I hope my dear listeners will grant me clemency for these omissions until the cloud cast by the pandemic has passed. Meanwhile, members can revel in the Real Skiers Ski Review archives where they'll find coverage of these largely unchanged categories. That's a wrap for this episode, which has been brought to you in its entirety, free of commercial interruption, by realskiers.com. This has been Real Skiers with Jackson Hogan. Thanks for listening.